அலமதுல்லாம் قال رب لما حشرتني اعمى وقد كنت بصيرا قال كذلك اتتك اياتنا فنسيتها وكذلك اليوم تنسى فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كن في الدنيا كانك غريب او عابر سبيل او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم முசாக்கரிய muzakaras revisions this reminder is for myself this reminder is for all of us so it is the same lessons that we have to keep revising and refreshing among the lessons that we have to keep reminding ourselves about is what is our entire purpose of being in dunya many a times because of the way life goes person become so engrossed in day to day life and the issues of day to day life that we even forget why we here we lose sight of the objective that we should have and as a result the priorities get mixed up if a person goes to school and in school now there's some extra curricular activities also taking place and he gets very engrossed in the extra curricular activities in some sport and some other things and he starts excelling in that and as a result he even forgets about studying about paying attention to his day to day work to his classes so despite excelling in that extra curricular activity in that sport or whatever else but at the end of the day when the exam comes he's not going to pass on the basis of excelling in the extra curricular things they it is the papers and the examination that are going to be written what kind of marks is going to achieve in that so now he got all red rings in the subjects that he had to study and they gave him the best player of the year award is that going to be of any use to him that he became the best footballer of the year and somebody the best cricketer of the year in the school and somebody who ran the fastest in the school as fast as he could run but he's not going to be able to run anywhere if at the end of the day that report is going to say he failed in fact when his parents see that report he'll have to run very fast because they're going to be extremely upset that what's the benefit of running around at whatever speed 
but you failed, your subjects are all, you have failed. So likewise in dunya, sometimes we get very engrossed in the secondary things. And not that the primary things get left aside completely. MashaAllah, a person who has that consciousness that we are here in dunya, we are here temporarily, we are going to be facing the Christians on the grave, we are going to have to face the day of Qiyamah, and then there's Jannat, there's Jahannam. So we want to head straight to Jannat, we don't want to get anywhere close to Jahannam. That mashallah is in the heart and mind of a mu'min, mu'min who has some consciousness, who is linked to the masjid in some way. But despite all that, we still sometimes forget what our objective is. We still sometimes become oblivious of that. It's there, but it's gone far behind in the mind. And therefore when there is a clash sometimes, when the secondary things are making some demands on us, but it's making such demands where it is actually demanding must compromise the primary issues. So now the person who forgot his objective, forgot what he is in here in dunya for, he forgot where his true success lies. And he starts making compromises with his deen for the sake of dunya for the sake of some entertainment, for the sake of some leisure and pleasure, he starts compromising his deen. Because then this some, somehow seems to be where the success lies. Every person is looking for the success somewhere. Somebody is looking for it in wealth. That the more and more he can amass of dunya, then that will be a means of success. And somebody is looking for it in every kind of leisure and pleasure. So now whatever kind of leisure and pleasure he can acquire, he feels this is what's going to really make him happy. Happiness lies in this. And happiness means success, that's in his mind. That's the two plus two he's adding up. That the happiness of dunya will come out of these things. And if these things are there, he has this leisure and pleasure, he'll gain happiness. And this leisure and pleasure will equal to this happiness which will then bring about success. This is his equation. And somebody has got it that if I have this post and position, this will mean success. Now he's prepared to give everything for that post, for that position. So that everybody now will turn to him and the eyes of the whole world will be towards him. And somebody is looking for it in some popularity and somebody is looking for it in something else, whatever it might be. All these are the things that we are now, people are searching for this success, this happiness. But does it really lie there? The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala relates many many incidents of the Anbiya of their nations, and likewise of the people of the past who were destroyed. Allah Ta'ala mentions them in the Quran Sharif also. You'll find repeatedly Fir'aun mentioned in the Quran Sharif. Fir'aun, the worst disbeliever, and he is mentioned so many times in the Quran Sharif. One person in the previous days, there was no printing presses, and everything was done by hand. One person was a very good scribe. He used to write beautifully, very beautifully. Arabic, there was a calligrapher. So now, he used to 
write the Quran Sharif by hand, copy it. People used to bring whatever they used to bring, somebody used to bring some book, so he would copy it for that person, the original, and then charge the person a fee for that. So one person brought the Quran Sharif and he said, please copy this. I want a perfect copy of it. So Quran Sharif after all. So he wrote the whole Quran Sharif, very beautiful. And now when he brought it and he gave it to the person, whatever the fee was, the person just to make sure, he says, you sure you copied it very, very well, perfectly. Because Quran Sharif after all, he said, yeah, yeah, definitely, word for word. But just a few things I wasn't too sure about, so then I made one, two changes. I said, what do you mean you made one, two changes? The Quran Sharif? How can you make any changes? He says, no, but there was this Firaun's name so many times in the Quran. Says, how can we Firaun in the Quran? Says, so he says, what, what you did there in the place of Firaun? Says, I, know, I wrote your name in place. So, obviously the Quran Sharif can never be changed. Somebody may write what he wants to write if he wants to try to distort it, but he can never win. This is protected by Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has given the guarantee of protection of the Quran Sharif. One person became a Muslim centuries ago, so people asked him, what brought you to Islam? So he said, I had seen many things which were very, very clear for me, but I still wanted to test something out. He says, I too was a very good scribe. So I first wrote down the Injil, the Bible, very beautifully. I was a good scribe. But then from my side, I made some distortions here and there, few places. From whatever was there already distorted in any case. But I added and changed certain things on my side also. And then I went outside one church one morning. When the people were there, I waited outside with this few copies of the Bible written in my hand. Very beautifully bound, very beautifully written. And when people came out, they saw this very nicely written, so beautiful. People bought it. And in no time all was sold, and nobody asked anything. They only saw how nicely it's written, how beautiful it looks, it's all gone. Then I wrote down the Torah. Again in a very nice manner, very beautifully, made several copies of it I wrote. But here again I made some changes from my side, many places. And then I took these beautifully written Torahs and went outside one synagogue one morning. And as the people were coming out, I said, look, I'm selling this. They looked at it, oh, very nicely written. People were very thrilled about it. And in no time, all got sold. So then I sat down and wrote the Quran Sharif. And I wrote several copies of the Quran Sharif, very beautifully written. But here and there, I made some changes from my side. So now when I came outside one masjid, and I was standing there to sell these Quran Sharifs, so people came out, they said, what are you doing? He said, no, I'm selling this Quran Sharif. They opened it, looks very nice. See, you're selling Quran Sharif, you wrote this? He says, yes, I wrote it. So now immediately they started asking one another, who is this person? We never saw him here before. Where he came from? Now they look at this Quran, they said, no, we first have to check this out. They will call a Hafizab to read this and see whether there's any changes anywhere. He says, immediately I realize I'm caught out already. And I realized that this is divinely protected by Allah wa ta'ala. That nobody else asked anything about that Injil that was distorted. Nobody asked anything about the Torah that was distorted. But immediately the Quran Sharif 
before anybody took one copy already the interrogation started and already people want to know that what's what's the reality here is there any distortion anybody made any mistake here is everything perfect the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala is divinely protected and no matter what somebody might do on the written paper Allah Ta'ala has protected the Quran Sharif by means of the hearts so if somebody tries to do something on paper that too will not last that too will get corrected that can never remain in that manner so in any case people are looking for the success everywhere now Fir'aun also looked for the success and Fir'aun this disbeliever of that level his name in the Quran Sharif so many times so Allah Ta'ala mentioned his incident for Ibrad that on the one side Allah Ta'ala mentioned the incidents of the Anbiya and on the other side Allah Ta'ala mentioned the incidents of Karun, Fir'aun, Haman people who got destroyed they took all these people were looking for success these people found it and these people were looking for it they got destroyed they found nothing Musa in the middle of the Red Sea and with these mountains of water on both sides or before that already in front of him the sea behind him the army of Fir'aun almost like in the clutches of death and the Bani Israel already now in that situation the Inna Lamudrakun now we are caught we got no escape Musa he was connected to Allah and being connected to Allah he was a person of total Iman so in the midst of that too he said no I am successful Kalla inna ma'iya rabbi sayahdeen my Rabbi is with me and my Rabbi will make a way out for me from there so on one side was Musa in the midst of the clutches of death as you will see it but he was successful and Fir'aun Fir'aun is now boasting about it can't you see I am ruling the whole of Egypt these rivers are flowing beneath my palaces and can't you see I do whatever all this under my control so all this was his thinking that he is in some kind of success but then what happened the end result Allah Ta'ala made him an example for mankind till Qiyamah that even the earth didn't accept his body he threw it out now can you imagine what a disgrace what an insult that even the earth didn't want to accept that body kept on throwing it out Allah Ta'ala declared this in the Quran Sharif that the sea threw it out the earth threw it out so Firaun thought he's finding it somewhere he found it nowhere Karun Karun thought he's going to have it in wealth so he had wealth how much of wealth he had Allah Ta'ala says let alone the treasures itself only the keys to the treasuries the keys to those vaults that was so much that put all the keys together a strong group of people will have difficulty carrying it whole group of people so now whole group of people how many keys they will carry so how many vaults but nothing happened no benefits 
فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ Why? Because he didn't have iman, he didn't have amal. Allah Ta'ala says we destroyed him with all his wealth, with all his riches. Everything became of no avail to him. And those who looked for it in some kind of other leisures and pleasures, nothing helped. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala spells out the principle. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْسَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ فَلَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا On the one side, Allah Ta'ala spells out that those who do righteous deeds together with Iman, then we will give them حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا A very noble life, a very good life, a very honorable life, a life of success. They will enjoy that success that success doesn't mean that they will necessarily be in the lap of the luxuries of dunya Bilal radiallahu ta'ala was successful while he was being dragged in the streets of Bakka shouting Ahad he was successful while he was being whooped at night by the disbelievers and Rasulullah was at the height of success while he had tied two stones to his belly out of extreme hunger. And Hazrat Sumayya was the first woman who was martyred. She was successful in that torture that she was undergoing for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And all the various Sahaba Ikram, the sacrifices that they made, whatever hardships they underwent, they, in that moment of that challenge that they were facing, they were 100% successful because they were connected to Allah That is the basis of success. Because this is a temporary phase and the full benefit of that success will be seen only when the person leaves this dunya. Sometimes he'll have some kind of benefits in dunya already, but the real place of it is akhirat. Dunya is a very very small place. It can't give you anything. Where can dunya encompass what's the rewards of all these amal and sacrifices. Allah Ta'ala has made these examples for us. On the one side is this. And on the other side, Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ The one who turns his back, who ignores my remembrance, ignores Allah Ta'ala, ignores the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says, will give him a very straightened life, a very difficult life. Then even if he's in a most luxurious palace, he'll be, for him will be ma'ishatan danka. A very difficult and a narrowed life. No tranquility will be in his heart. He can be in the midst of every comfort and luxury, in the midst of every leisure and pleasure. Somebody thinks that he'll get involved in all the vices and sins, freedom, he wants to be free. He doesn't want to be restricted in any way. If he wants to eat anything, he'll eat whatever he wants. He wants to listen to something, he wants to listen to whatever he wants. Anything and everything. He wants to see something, he mustn't be restricted from seeing what he wants. He wants to go somewhere, no matter what fitna might be carrying on there, he wants to be there. He wants to be in the middle of everything. Allah Ta'ala is saying, you'll be in the middle of everything, and you'll be in the middle of فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ You'll be in the middle of a difficult life. In the middle of your heart being in total turmoil. 
Allah Ta'ala is mentioning this in the Quran Sharif. That this فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً دَنْكَ This is based on not a person being in a state of poverty on a person being in a state of some physical challenges on a person being in a state of illness or a person being out of any means and financially down and out is not based on any of these things is not linked to any of these things despite all this Rasulullah was at the height of success the Sahaba Ikram at the height of success despite their, their challenges that they faced despite the poverty and hunger despite the persecution that they suffered they were at the height of success so this ma'ishatan danka is not linked to this it's linked to the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. it's linked to forgetting Allah Ta'ala. so now a person thinks well I want to be free I want to do what I want I want to have what I want I want to look at what I want and I'll be very happy and I'll spend the night in enjoyment and I'll have a very good time but that's all just a deception and when that person wakes up from that stupor then he realizes what he's done but it's too late to realize what he's done the very well-known king of his time Harun Rashid was a very pious person also kings are kings but despite that, he was a person who made the hundred rakats of nafil every day. He was a king. Hundred rakats of nafil every day. Various other good things he did. Many good things. He used to be a good person. But now kings are kings also. So, he decided to build himself a palace on the banks of the Euphrates. And he spent a fortune. Can you imagine a king spending a fortune? What fortune he would have spent. And it took a very long time to finally build this palace on the banks of the Euphrates and the water coming in from one end and leaving in through the other end and all the lush gardens around it and now this whole scene and setting and the time and effort and labor that was spent on all this and now finally when everything was completed and all this was being done, so to say, behind closed doors. It was all cordoned off and curtained off from people. Nobody must see it first. It must become a surprise to everyone when it's finally done. Eventually, Harun Rashid himself presented himself in there and occupied the place on the first time, first day. This is the opening. And now, this opening, now those curtains were finally opened out and visitors now were allowed to come in so people now all started coming in all the dignitaries and all the high level people and all coming to now congratulate Harun Rashid SubhanAllah what a wonderful thing how wonderful this place is and everybody is giving all their comments and whatever other things so as people came and everybody is giving him Mubarakbad and they are wishing him well he spent his fortune on this spent years and spent so much of time and effort and in that time now one person came Abul Atahiyah a very pious person very good poet also so he came so now he came so he also greeted Harun Rashid and then he started reciting some couplets the first couplet that he recited Ishma Badalaka Salima 
في ظل شاهقة القصور Those have a nice time, live very nicely in the shadow of this palace that you have built for yourself. So now Harun Rashid heard this and he felt very good about it. This person is giving me this dua that I should keep living a wonderful, have a good time in here and enjoy myself. So he got very comfortable with getting and he said, some more, tell me some more. Because now he's feeling nice about this person, he's mashallah going to praise me and praise what I've built. He just started off only, he's only still giving me dua, now he's going to go into the details and give me a lot of praises. So now, he said, tell me some more. So then when he said, tell me some more, so he said, recited the next couplet. The next couplet meant that morning and evening, all the things that you have desired will still just keep flowing onto you. Whatever food and drink and your servants and people will be at your beck and call and everything will be just happening as you want it. So now this became an even more pleasing thing to him. So he said, he, Samo, Ashallah, very good. So now when he said, Samo, tell me something more. So then the third couplet he recited, the third couplet meant that but when the time will come, when the gurgling sound will come in the throat and the pangs of death will come upon you, then you will realize all oh, this was just a deception. Now when he read this, after all he was a pious person. He read, when he heard this couplet, he kept quiet and then he said, repeat it, say once more. The same couplet, previously he was saying something else now, more. Now when he heard this, he said, tell me again, repeat the same thing. So he said it once more. Then he said, no, once more, again. Tell me the same thing. Again he repeated the couplet. But when the gurgling will happen in the throat, and when life will be leaving, and now you'll be in the pangs of death, then this will become apparent that all this was just a deception. Now after he read it for the third time, now Harun Rashid is instructing, second time, third time. After he read it for the third time, Harun Rashid started crying. And then he started sobbing. And then he cried so much, he eventually fell off his chair. And he was carried from there. And when he finally composed himself again, he left the palace and went back to his old place. And he barely lived there one more month before he passed away. The taste of all this went away when he heard this reality. That this will have a lot of appeal, a lot of attraction but it's not something to give one's heart to the heart for Allah Ta'ala the ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody halal, ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has given he earned it in a halal way, he's using it in a halal way for his own comfort, for the comfort of his family within the limits, not going overboard in things and using it to help others using it to see to the orphans, to the needy, to the widows to those who have difficulties and hardship, using it in the cause of deen. So, mashallah, he'll earn his akhirat also with it. So, his dunya also Allah Ta'ala made comfortable for him, his akhirat also, he'll earn with it. But it's not something to give the heart to, the heart for Allah Ta'ala. So, Harun Rashid, barely one month left, was well, one month more he lived, and he passed away. So, all this time and effort that was spent, and all this fortune, he never used it. He came sat there one day in his life 
And when he heard this couplet, that too became tasteless for him. Now this is the reality of dunya, that dunya, this is a place to earn the akhirat. Dunya is not a place to give our heart to. Dunya is a transit lounge. Our heart for akhirat. We'll do what is necessary. What is necessary also we do it in the com- in compliance with the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Then inshallah that too will become a means of earning the akhirat. Person is earning halal risk. He's earning it according to the Quran, according to the Quran and Sunnah, according to the Mubarak way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, with the correct intentions. That that too will become a means of earning akhirat. But a person starts compromising. He forgot his priorities. He forgot his purpose of life. He forgot why he's in dunya. He's made dunya his objective, and as a result, he started. Confusing the priorities, dunya was getting first preference and deen was getting second degree treatment, then everything goes haywire. This is the main thing that now we are looking for that success. Where is that success? That success is in deen. That success is in قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Allah Ta'ala says the success, where is the success? Success is in salah. In that salah where a person has attached his heart to Allah Success is in the obedience to Allah Even though outwardly it might seem that this is a loss for me. But this is where the success will come. In the obedience to Allah And the success will come sometimes dramatically in dunya also. And the real place of the success is akhirat. A person will sometimes seem like I will say something, speak one lie, deceive somebody, defraud someone and get away with it and it will be a very good thing, I'll make a lot out of it. But all this comes with its consequences. And if he refrains from it, it comes with its benefits also. There's an incident in Bukhari Sharif in the times of Jahiliya. Now this was not even, Islam had not yet come before Rasulullah time. In the times of Jahiliya, one person was murdered. A long incident about how he got murdered. Somebody took him along on a journey as a companion, as a person to help him. And they had some argument and this person hit him and killed him. So in any case, a long incident, eventually it became known that this person was killed. Though the person who took him on the journey came and made a story to, to Abdul Muttalib. That no, no, this person just passed away. So now eventually the truth came out. So now there was a means of resolving this. That the entire community, the people who this, the clan and tribe who this person belonged to. They were told, look, you must hand him over. So that he will be killed in lieu of the person he killed. And if not then you must pay the blood money. And if not, you you're still claiming neither of these things happened, then it was a manner of how this would be resolved. Fifty people must take a qasam, must take an oath, qasama, that this person was not the murderer. You're claiming he's not the murderer, then fifty people must come take an oath. Now they were in there, they didn't see it, 
But they got ready to take the oath. They said, no, we're not handing him over. We're not paying no blood money. We'll take the oath. Fifty people, no problem. Fifty people got ready to take the oath. None of those fifty people were there. Those fifty people were actually, they were appointed by the heads of the community that, okay, these fifty people will go. They must go and take the oath. The false oath. They don't have any idea what happened. Or they even knew this person killed him. So they came to take the oath. But now before they came, one person came to Abdul Muttalib and said that, look, 50 people you asked for an oath and if it was blood money, it would have been 100 camels. So 50 people, each person is so to say, one oath equivalent to two camels. So please excuse me from that oath, take two camels. I said, okay, very good, please the two camels. One woman came and said, look, please excuse my son. She knew that this is all a story they're going to take a false oath, they're going to force my son to take a false oath said please just excuse him so now she purely on the basis of saving her son from a false oath that is Jahiliya time not even yet Islam but the person wants to do something that is correct stay away from something that is going to be evil so when a person stays away from evil in dunya dunya benefit the person will get in dunya also but without Iman, there is no benefit in Akhirat. Without Iman, zero benefit in Akhirat. Perpetual doom in fact. But if a person does good in dunya in some other way also, he will get the benefit in dunya. So this woman came, please excuse my son, I don't want him to take this oath. So he said, okay, one less, doesn't matter. So he excused him. Now the other 48 came and they took the false oath. Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala who is narrating this whole incident and says that barely one year had passed barely one year had passed and all these 48 people not one of them was still living now within one year all of them perished something or the other whatever happened now there were some young people in there and some middle aged people maybe some little bit older people people of all ages and no apparent situation like a war or something but within one year all got wiped out within one year not one of those 48 people got left now at that time it sounded like a very it just laughed it off what's a big problem about that we'll take a false oath what we lost in that but what the eye can see is different and what the reality is sometimes very different the eye can see that I did this and got away what's in there I swore at somebody and what happened? Nothing happened. I trampled somebody's rights and what happened? What could that person do? Did anything happen to me? I'm fine. In fact, I'm eating better. So the eye can see all this deception. But the reality, the reality if the heart is not blind, then the heart will see even the reality. But if the heart is blinded by sin, by vice, then the heart can't see anything. It can't see the benefit in the good. It can't see the harm in the evil. So in any case now these 48 people all perished. Now this one youngster, his mother had come and he excused him. Please excuse my son. Now as these people started dying off, 48 people, now all are one extended family, tribe, clan, and all are interrelated. So now as somebody dies now, the estate, 
now moves on to the next person, his children, then somebody has no children, now go to the brother, and from there on it goes. So now as one person started dying, and then the next person, and the third person, and carried on moving onwards, eventually 48 people died. Now all that combined wealth of the 48 people, this person inherited it. This one person, his mother came and said, please excuse him from the oath. Because I don't want to accept my son. If this was in her heart. I don't want my son to take this false oath. Now in dunya, that was still jahiliyat. But, they did this good. Don't take a false oath. Don't lie. Don't want to say something wrong. Don't commit any evil of this nature. Allah Ta'ala gave them the reward of that in dunya. So outwardly, the eyes see things, but the reality is something else. The Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says, Ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin. That sadaqa never decreases wealth. The eye can see that there was thousand and a person gave two hundred and away, it only got eight hundred left. It decreased. Allah Ta'ala is saying, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is saying that it has not decreased. Don't believe your eyes. Don't believe what you can see, believe what you heard from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That sadaqa has never decreased wealth. And Allah Ta'ala, the person who forgives, outwardly it seems now he took the back seat now. He forgave and he said, okay, let it be. And now he became the lower person. He got downtrodden. Allah ta- Nabi Salaam is saying the person who forgives, he didn't lose out. Allah Ta'ala increases his respect. The person who humbles himself for Allah Ta'ala. He is prepared to humble himself, lower himself. He is not looking for that kind of position and popularity and I must be given that consideration. And whatever, he is ready to put others forward. Ready to be a humble slave of Allah Ta'ala. Outwardly he is lowering himself. But he is doing it for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. Now the eyes can see him lowering himself. But Rasulullah Salaam has declared he is not being lowered, he is being raised. Allah will raise him. So not to believe what the eyes see all the time. To believe what Rasulullah Salaam has given us. What we have been told in the Quran Sharif, what Allah's Nabi Salaam has given us. So success, success is in what Allah Ta'ala has placed success in. Success is in the house of Allah Ta'ala. Success is in filling the house of Allah Ta'ala. In performing one salah five times a day with jama'ah. That's where success is. Success is in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Success is in keeping aloft the name of Allah Ta'ala. Raising the name of Allah Ta'ala. Bringing Islam to the hearts and minds of people. By our words, by our good conduct, by the good example that we are supposed to show, how we deal with people, how we conduct ourselves, in whichever situation it might be, whether in our day-to-day work, our businesses, whether in interacting with somebody, in wherever it might be, we in a public transport, we are in some public place, we are at a station, we are at a taxi rank, we are in an airport, wherever we might be, how we conduct ourselves. We are driving on the road, the others also driving. 
how we conduct ourselves what kind of behavior are we portraying the behavior of a person who is an ummati of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam or the behavior of somebody who doesn't know what iman what islam what sunnah what's tawazu what's giving preference to others what it is to behave in a way that attracts people towards deen this is where the success lies in doing what will bring us closer to allah tbarak wa taala in bring bring us that closeness to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the amal of deen and staying away from all the things that allah taala has forbidden that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has warned us against this is where the success lies so this is what we have to keep contemplating pondering over what are we doing to get closer to this reality of success what are our aspirations where is our heart we will continue with our day to day work whatever allah taala has decreed for us will carry on in terms of whatever risk is written for us will come whatever halal we earn allah taala grant barakat in it allah taala make it a means of happiness and peace in dunya and a means of earning the akhirat but the heart for allah tbaraka wa the heart not for dunya the heart not filled with aspirations of leisure and pleasure the heart filled with the jannat the jannat which allah taala blesses out of his love one very great personality was once thrown into prison centuries ago the very great scholar and very pious person he was thrown into prison and when he was thrown into prison as he was now being locked up into that inner cell dark inner cell so he recited the ayat of the quran sharif now that jailer is now locking him in there as he moved him into that room and he's locking him he this person recited the ayat wadriba bainahum bisurin lahu bab batinuhu fihi rahma wa zahiruhu min qiblihi al-adab and this wall came in between the one side of the wall the outside it looks like this is only azab inside but from the inside it's only rahmat and this is in the akhirat this will happen as well <coughs> but in dunya already he saying look this is no azab for me inside here because i've been thrown in here because of my adherence to deen so no problem for me then he wrote to some friends of his and he said to them to console them this is my jannat my jannat is in my heart if i'm locked behind this prison doors also this imprisonment is actually khalwat this is this is something which people aspire for this seclusion those who enjoy that seclusion with allah taala he says subhanallah this has been put for me in the plate and my jannat is in my heart So wherever I go, my jannat is with me. Meaning that love of Allah Taala. That's the jannat in dunya. The jannat in dunya is having the love of Allah Taala in the heart, having the closeness of Allah Taala in the heart. So now the person who has this muhabbat of Allah Taala in the heart, that is his jannat of dunya, because the things of dunya can't give him one fraction of that pleasure. He says, my jannat is with me. Wherever I will go, my jannat is with me. So what can they do for me? and they imprison me that's my khalwat that's the greatest bounty for me that now this secludes me with allah taala now this is for the person who has understood what reality of dunya is that he aspires for allah taala 
aspires for the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala. Then whatever dunya needs are, he'll take care of it. But this is not the be all and end all of his life. His aspirations are beyond this. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with his Muhammad and with the aspiration of akhirat. Wa akhirat da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes and to تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha illallah
محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ 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 موسیقی ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم إن قلوبنا ونواصينا وجوارحنا بيدك لم تملكنا منها شيئا فإذا فعلت ذلك بنا فكن أنت ولينا وهدنا إلى سواء السبيل اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان واجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به وعف عنا واخفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله 
Allah forgive us ya Allah Allah forgive us ya Allah Allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah you are the know of every every aspect ya Allah you know our zahir ya Allah you know our batin ya Allah Ilahul alamin you know whatever has been our condition in the light of day ya Allah what has been our condition in the darkness of night ya Allah Ilahul alamin you know what goes through our hearts and minds ya Allah Ilahul alamin there is nothing we can hide from you ya Allah Ilahul alamin but you are akramul akramin ya Allah you are rahimul masakin ya Allah you are arhamur rahimin ya Allah Ilahul alamin you love forgiving ya Allah Allah forgive us ya Allah forgive us ya Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our friends and relatives ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah show your maghfirat to the ummah ya Allah show your rahmat to the ummah ya Allah Allahumma aghfir li ummati sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allahumma arham ummata sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allahumma ahdina wa ahdi lina waj'alna sababan liman ihtada Allahumma ahdin nas jami'a Allahumma ahdin nas jami'a Allahumma ahdin nas jami'a Ilahul alamin ya Allah fulawahat wa jawab muhabbat ya Allah Fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah. Remove the muhabbat of dunya from our hearts ya Allah. Ilahul alamin. Make our aspirations akhirat ya Allah. Remove the aspirations of dunya from our hearts ya Allah. Ilahul alamin. Make us your true and obedient servants ya Allah. Make us your true and pious servants ya Allah. Ilahul alamin. Make us your loyal servants ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants ya Allah. Ilahul alamin. Make us those whom you are pleased with ya Allah. Ilahul alamin. Grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya Allah. Allahul alamin enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily Allah enable us to be in your remembrance at all times ya Allah Allahul alamin cleanse our hearts out of all the evils and vices ya Allah Allah remove from our hearts all the pride the malice the jealousy the ego ya Allah Allahul alamin remove the love of all the vices and evils from our hearts ya Allah put the hatred of sin in our hearts ya Allah Allahul alamin ya Allah all those are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamirra daima Allah remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah Those are in financial difficulties removed with afiyat ya Allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya Allah grant halal and tayyib rizq ya Allah ilahul alamin save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who have passed away make their complete maghfirat ya Allah raise their stages in the akhirat ya Allah ya Allah at the time of our death take us with la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ya Allah take us on iman kamil ya Allah take us on tawbat and nasuh ya Allah ya Allah take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah Allah make our covers gardens of jannah for us ya Allah grant us the shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah fill our hearts with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill our hearts with the love of his mubarak way of life ya Allah Allah remove the ways of the yahud and nasara from our lives ya Allah fill our lives with the mubarak sunnah ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah Ya Allah, all those who Ya Allah asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you don't know of each one's heart, Ya Allah. You know each one's cry and pain, Ya Allah. You know each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's joys, needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, grant barakat and afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant barakat and afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahu l'alamin, all that we have asked for granted to us, Ya Allah. But we should have asked for and did not ask, Ya Allah. 
without asking grant it to us ya allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta almusta'an wa 'alayka albalagh ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله